What's up, everyone? Welcome to the game plan. It's NFL Week Six, and I've got the goat with me, John Statsational Alessia, top ten DFS player in the world, professional sports better extraordinaire, leader of the Sharp App content team, creator of the Statsational Power Rankings tool, which is the greatest tool for DFS and betting and everything that you're ever going to see. We'll show a little bit of that on screen this week. What's going on, my man? Not much, man. Busy as always, plugging away. Got a busy schedule week uh, here, NFL. I like you locked up in the lab, coming up with, with bets for us, DFS plays, all of that. And that's what we're going to be taking a look at today. We're going to be taking a look at the NFL week five, week six, excuse me, main slate. Season is rolling through quick. Um, we're going to go through the main slate and we're going to get some DFS plays and bets uh, and betting angles on every game. You ready for this, John? As ready as I can be. All right, let's get into it. And we're getting started here. First game of the week, uh, Commanders at the Falcons. This one carries a 42.5 point total with the Falcons installed as home two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, you know, it's an interesting game, I guess, from a DFS perspective. Falcons have really been kind of poison as far as DFS plays go this season. Um, there's nothing... Nothing really great there. Actually, I would say both of these teams have been pretty bad from a DFS angles perspective. Um, Bijan Robinson, I want to like, I want to li like him. I know it's going to happen at some point, but man, it is tough to get on board with that. What do you think, John? Yeah, from a from a betting standpoint, let me let me run through mine. I'll give you the numbers that I've got on the on the power ranking. Just um, so I've got it at forty one total, and we're sitting what like forty two to forty two and a half. So I'm pretty much in the ballpark. Uh, there, I've got Atlanta as a, a bigger favorite than they are uh, that they're posted here. I've got them like I've got them. Actually, I've got them at a pretty large favorite just because Washington is just not rating very highly um, so far this year. I've got Washington as the second worst team, believe it or not, um, on the season. Now they played a pretty weak schedule when you look at the power rankings and just have not performed all that great. I think part of that, you know, they 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 got that win in Denver. Which has now proven to be not all that, not that great of a of a win. They beat an Arizona, Arizona team barely, uh, but Arizona has looked a lot better. So this Washington team, you know, they they get really uh, manhandled by Chicago on Thursday last week. So they're coming off of that game. They get a little extra rest. Uh, Atlanta, I think Atlanta defensively. You're right as far as DFS goes, both offensively and defensively, just not a team that you want to target in in DFS. So. Um, and my number, oh, you've got the, the numbers up. On yeah, the I'm just going to, I'll explain the numbers real quick. As you, you mentioned the power ranking sheet, this is available on sharp app, sign up at sharp app, promo code DFSA 20 gets you 20% off, uh, your sharp.app subscription. But, um, yeah, right here. So what this is showing is the expected output for both these teams. And, and there it is 25 points for Atlanta, which would, you know, be better than the spread. So if that holds, that's, um, one way to look at it. And, but more importantly, Neither team projecting for a ton of passing yards. 184 versus 212. Really ugly. Slow games. Um, Atlanta projected for 135 rushing yards, which sounds like it might be on the high side, John, but, you know, it's really not because they run two guys. And the quarterback runs a little bit, so you end up with just not enough to produce uh, a tournament-winning score most more often, assuming this holds. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, DFS wise, I think the one guy of interest in this game though is uh, 
is Thomas at tight end for Washington. Yeah, Logan Thomas. 11 yeah, targets. I mean, he got a monster game on Thursday night. Atlanta has not done well against the tight end, so that's something you want, you're going to want to look at. And I think he's in at like 3,500 or something like that on on DraftKings. So a reasonable price. It's not you don't have a great. It's not a great tight end. I mean, it's never really great at tight end to begin with. But uh, 3,500, you're getting a little bit of uh, a little bit of value there. I think so. That's that's an interesting play. I think betting wise, this is the old uh, these Wong teasers. Like you want those teasers. I know you like to tease all sorts of games, but these are the ones that you want to tease. Like if you could take a Washington, you're going to cross that three and cross the seven. Those are always nice. If you take a six-point teaser and get this one up to eight and a half, I do like that. Um, but, yeah, as far as that, I mean, I, I would lean towards Atlanta on the game at the two and a half, but I like that teaser of Washington up to eight and a half. It's just Atlanta's just not the type of team. They don't, they're don't. they not going to blow you out. They, they, they play like a grinded-out style. Um, so you, you figure this game's going to be a little low scoring and, and eight and a half seems like a lot for them to cover. So kind of like a tease on that one. I like that spot. I like that, that approach to, to betting the game. So, uh, yeah, I'm on board and, um, I think it's enough for that one. That is not a DFS special, but this next game for me is weirdly low on the fan, uh, on the game total scale. But for me, I think it's my favorite, one of my favorite, maybe my favorite DFS game to stack up or certainly up there. This week, it's the Vikings at the Bears. The Vikings installed as two and a half point road favorites. The game has a 44 and a half point total. And John, from a betting perspective, one thing I noticed, I checked the uh, the trends tab on the Sharp app and the, the Bears have hit the the game, the over in 16 of their last 20 games. If you've just been betting the over on every Bears game pretty much for the last two seasons, you would be uh, sitting at a four, 53% ROI. I like that over again here, but I want to get your take on that. Well, you know why? It's because the defense has been so bad. They've given up 25 points or more. I think they were on like a 13 or 14 game streak of 25 points or more until last week. Uh, I think they only gave up 20 in that game, right? But they scored 30 themselves. So that game went over as well. So it's really been because of the defense, because the offense has been kind of shaky up and down. Now, the last two weeks, we've seen some really good things out of this offense and the defense hasn't exactly uh, come around. So I think I agree with you. Like this one kind of shocked me um, when I looked at it, the 44 and a half. I, I was shocked last week when, when Washington was as low as it was, I think that total was in the same ballpark. I want to say 45 or something like that last week on that game. And I thought it was low. I think this one's low as well. I mean, Minnesota's a team that we know can put points up. All right, Jefferson's going to be hurt uh, in the game, but they still have enough weapons with uh, with Cousins. You've got Hawkinson. They've got Osborne and Addison. I think I think what you'll wind up seeing, um, I think you'll see a bump up. Like a lot of people are looking for Hawkinson maybe as a bump. I don't I don't know if you are. Um, I don't know how much more work Hawkinson's going to really get. I just think both wide receivers get the bigger boost here. Than I think Hawkinson will have his normal role, maybe slightly more than, than typical. But I don't know how Chicago stops this offense. Uh, but I do think Chicago is also going to be able to score. So I agree with you. Like the points look, the, the total looks low. It's a little scary um, that it's as low as it is. But I think people are going to be targeting this in uh, in DFS. We've seen, I'm um, just trying to see where the line has, oh, where that total opened. It actually has come down, which is, I guess, it's really the Jefferson news has brought this down. Uh, so this was 47 and a half, 48. And then since the Jefferson news came out, I don't know. I just, I still think even without Jefferson, they're going to put points up uh, in this game. I mean, it's a, I think it's an overreaction. Other teams have with a lot less talent. Yeah. I mean, Jefferson, Jefferson's a great wide receiver. 
but this team doesn't lack for other weapons. I, I, I think um, I think it's an overreaction on the total to go down that much, especially with the Bears on the other side who are heating up on offense a little bit as well. So, um, yeah, I think I, I already I like the over as well. So I think we both agree on that. Do you have a side? I, I mean, is this Minnesota? You, you know, you take you, you really don't want to be taking Chicago to win a game like they they haven't won very often. Yeah, it's tough, but this is the this is the one that you could actually boom. You could you could pair it with the other game and te and tease this one up as well. I, I like Chicago getting getting the eight and a half. So you could take both of those games, teasing them up. I do like the over. I mean, if I if I had to lean one way or the other on this game, the over is what I would like the most. I I agree. I think it's a bit of an overreaction. The one thing in DFS, what I noticed, I I watched the uh, before the showdown slate. I try to I try to watch like the all twenty two on the game pass before before the showdown slates because the showdown slates are really where you have to dig in. A lot deeper into uh, into what's going on with each of the teams. So before that Washington game, I watched. I wanted to see what Fields was doing uh, the prior week against Denver to see what it looked like. And basically, what he did against Denver and then what he did against Washington was the same exact thing. Now they both played the same defense against them, which was they dropped back in zone. They were playing like a Tampa two, I believe, but they were pretty much in zone. At most, they would rush five, but primarily rushing four. Both teams did the same thing, and I understand the logic behind that, which is like. We don't want to get in man coverage and then have fields bust through the line yeah. and, and then everyone's back is turned. But what they're doing, what the Bears have done now, which looks to be a change, is they're just they're they're making sure Fields has one read, maybe two, and then get rid of the ball. So if you see, he's releasing the ball in less than two seconds almost every time. When he's at back in the even when he has time and he's in the pocket, if he stays in the pocket for three seconds with time, it's almost always a bad pass because he once he doesn't have his first option. It's I think what they're doing is coaching him to stay in the pocket and they want him to develop into being a pocket quarterback. And I think when they feel like they have a chance to win, they'll unleash him and let him do all the things he could do. But I think they're trying. I think this year is a learning year for him to stay in the pocket. So you'll see he'll stay in the pocket longer than he probably needs to. He's a kid who all through college never had to do that. As soon as the play wasn't there, he ran. So that's why if you saw he targeted, uh, he had eight targets. Uh, I'm sorry. Eight, I think. Eight catches to um, to uh, to to more last week. He was the only wide receiver who caught anything because yeah. he's really only throwing to his primary guy. That's more, and then Komet would be his other primary receiver. Those two guys are going to see a ton of looks if they continue this type of offense, which I think that's how they're going to keep playing it because they've had success doing it. There's no reason for them to change. Yeah, I, I I like it, and I totally agree. He and and that is the correct way to deal with. Justin Fields, he he needs to hit the first read. Remember a couple of years ago, or I think it was last year, where it was just Darnell Mooney only, uh, and and the occasional Cole Komet as well. He's not a guy who's going to make it to a second or third read. That's not where his skill set is. I'd like to see him running even more. I love the fantasy version of Fields that runs a lot. I like Fields in this game for DFS purposes. I'm not going to put too much into the power rankings numbers on the Chicago side because a lot of what Chicago has done has been the past couple weeks, and it's taken them a minute to get up to speed here, so I'm not going to put too much into it. But I, I do think, and I'm looking at the, the sharp uh, statsational power ranking sheet here, you know, the fact that Minnesota's only projecting 81 rushing yards against the Bears shows you more how bad the rushing attack is for Minnesota right now. 339 passing yards. I think it's going to be all through the air for Minnesota here. So Addison, KJ Osborne, Hawkinson, all super in play with a with a nod to Kirk Cousins. And then on the flip side of this game, Fields, Moore, Komet. You called it. You don't have, oh, 
And of course, one more very important piece. Potentially, the Roshan Johnson game, if he does return this week. So we're keeping an eye on the concussion situation. If if Roshan is in, don't expect him to get 100% of the carries, but I, I think he's talented. But I think regardless of what happens, Dante Foreman will play as well and get some touches. So be, I'm going to be a little cautious with Roshan, but at the same time, he's cheap enough that you don't really even, it doesn't matter. Like if he's in the game, you're playing him. Uh, and, and he'll be a, an interesting DFS play. Um, all right. Let's let's move on to the next game on the menu here. And this is another popular one for DFS purposes. And I think I like a bet here as well. So I like a side. I'm going to see what you say. And then I'll say my side at the end. But it's the Seahawks at the Bengals. Bengals minus two and a half at home. The total is sitting at 45 points. Um, so, John, I'm going to throw this one over to you. From a betting angles perspective, I'm, I'll pull up some. Uh, I'll see if I could pull up some some uh, trends here. But from a betting angles perspective, uh, so you're within the three point margin. What do you think here? Uh, do you like the Bengals at home to get it done? I do. I, I think that's probably the side you like as well. I think the public um, is going to be on that side. I'm, I'm bringing up the Sharp report, which I know you're aware of in the in the app because I want to see. If uh, if we have anything on this one, because I get the feeling, yeah, we're not seeing any any sharp money on uh, sharp or square money on the game. I'm I was figuring the the squares are going to be on Cincinnati. I mean, I like Cincinnati also. I think people were just kind of waiting for them to break out offensively, and they did it last week. I thought Burrow looked pretty good, um, not just statistically, just like physically looked pretty good compared I, I, I to how will, he looked at that Monday game. I will make a note that they still played the entire game out of the shotgun, but he was much better than he's been. Yeah. Just the few plays I saw where he needed to move a little bit. He didn't look like he was laboring to do it. Um, so that's, that's a big factor um, in, in the game. I, I loved Burrow and Chase last week. I love him again this week. So um, they're, they're probably my favorite uh, quarterback wide receiver combo this week. I mean, Seattle gives up point outside of the, the, uh, the giant game and they're just atrocious. Seattle just gives up a ton of points. So I do like Cincinnati as a bet. Um, the line really hasn't done much. If you can get this one at two and a half, I think you pull the trigger, uh, bet MGM. I know he's got it at two and a half with a little bit of, of, uh, a little bit of extra juice. I mean, when now I'm looking at the handles inside the sharp app and it's showing more money being bet on Seattle. So that's interesting. That, that could be why the line really hasn't moved and the overs catching, uh, more money as well. So that's fine by me. Um, I'm going to take this one at two and a half. I haven't put it in yet, but um, I'm going to take this one at two and a half and, on the Cincinnati side. I like it. Yeah. And a reminder for, for anybody um, who doesn't have the sharp app, you can see when you open up the, the, the game tabs on the sharp app, you could see if statsational, if John has a bet on a game, it shows there, it shows what, what plays you have. And it, it, so you can actually see, you can see my bets in there too. It'll say you geek and I'm doing pretty well on the season so far. Uh, John, let's see here. Let me tell you where I'm at, but I'm doing pretty well on the season. If you've been following my plays, we are 20 and 12 and four, four ties on the season. But um, these are picks against the spread or, or against the total uh, 63% win rate and 14% ROI on the season so far on my official plays. And you can see all of John's official plays as well. If you have the Sharp app, download it, get signed up. You want it, just follow John's plays. Or mine if you, you know, if you want to roll with the geek, but I recommend John's. 
Um, all right, so let's take let, let me talk real quick about some DFS angles here. There's a lot of them. I think the Burrow to Chase combination will be the most popular um, QB wide receiver stack of the slate. So, yeah, I love it. You love it. We all love it. I love Chase when Higgins doesn't play. It's really good, and especially with a healthy Burrow, and certainly Boyd is in play as well. All of that stuff. I'm not as high on the Seahawks side of the game. You know, um, Seahawks are not particularly great. Uh, I'm sorry, the Bengals are not particularly great against the run. So, you know, there's a little bit of interest there in terms of, um, you know, Seattle projecting on the, here, let me pull it up here, but Seattle's projected for 139 rushing yards, which is pretty good. Um, it's interesting that Cincinnati is only projecting for 55 rushing yards. I want to see if that means Seattle is good versus the run or just that uh, Cincinnati has not been good at running the football. So let's go here and, oh, yeah, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they're a little bit good against the run, but they're particularly horrible against the pass. I mean, this is just too good of a look at this, John. Yeah. They're allowing 61 more passing yards per game above average. That is the highest number in the National Football League, even higher than Chicago. So, man, and Seattle that's including that's including the Giant game. I mean, how did the Giants stink? I don't even understand. I never looked at this year like Giants are going to feast in this game, but man, they stink. Um, but but nonetheless, Seattle is allowing a ton of passing yards and not many rushing yards. I don't know if that holds up every single week. Um, and of course. Mixon might actually be playable here, but I'm just going to look at his ownership. If it I, basically what I do with Mixon, John, I have a thing with Mixon, and this has been working for me for years. And I kind of think I'm going to stick with it, which is if he's going to be owned more than 15, 20%, I'm out. He just disappoints so frequently. Yes, he will pop off once in a while, but fading him is worth more money than playing him more often than not. But if the ownership starts to go down to 10, 9, 8, 5%, now we can start to get on him. So uh, I'm just going to use Mixon as I'm going to wait to see ownership before I mess with that. I don't think it's a bad spot for Mixon, but you know the power ranking sheet does not like the run against Seattle, or just I think it's just easier to pass against them. Yeah, I mean, so, I think you're going to have to bump up. Cincinnati's a similar situation to Chicago. Like, they were so bad that the power rankings are going to have them a lot worse than that. They're probably like three, three and a half points better than what the power rankings have right now. Um, just because you were dealing with the, the borrow injury. So if he's out of that, you know, we're going to start seeing what we expected out of, uh, out of, out of Cincinnati. So you gotta, you gotta account for that and understand that the rankings are based on what's happened, not what will happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's talk about the next game here. Uh, not a very good DFS game. In my opinion, 49ers at the Browns Browns are seven point home underdogs. The game total here is an anemic 37 points. I believe that Deshaun Watson will be back for this game, John. Uh, I thought I heard today that he was not because I, I thought PJ Walker was going to be starting. Is that what they're saying? I could have swore I just heard that on the radio a few hours ago, a couple hours ago. Oh, man. You, you know, I have a weird theory that Deshaun Watson is scared to play. I think there's something something going on there. I, I just think he's he's scared to play that he's been playing poorly and he's just afraid to be out there. I, I don't know. It's a weird theory. Um, not specific to this game, but kind of what I heard where the team was basically saying, we think he's fine to play. And he's like, I can't play at hundred percent. So I'm not going to play. Like I've never heard an NFL player really kind of say that yeah. most quarterbacks will play if they could. And so I think there's something going on 
uh, mentally here. Little that very well could be. Yeah, very well could be. Yeah, now that I'm looking it up, it looks like I heard PJ Walker was starting, but the, but I'm seeing from on the AP at least, uh, PJ Walker was just promoted to backup. So it sounds like that's that's why people were speculating that he's going to be out. Oh. If they're putting PJ. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I think Deshaun. I, I I didn't like that he didn't play in the last game, but I think he does play here. But I don't know if that means anything. Um, you know, the 49ers haven't been the best against the. Um, well, let me take a look at the power ranking here, but. In general, I don't think it means anything. Uh, you know, this is not a game you want to target. 37-point total is disgusting. Um, 49ers defense is spectacular. You want to play 49ers defense here. Let me look at this game. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco projecting for 130 passing yards and Cleveland projecting for 167 passing yards, very few rushing yards. This is disgusting. You it's, don't want to mess with that. I mean, it's an ugly game. I mean, we've got it at 38 yeah. there, and that's basically where the where – the, um... The total is it's the 37 and a half. I think the Sharps, if I recall looking at the Sharp report earlier, like the Sharps had this. This was higher. This was like a 42 and a half, I believe, um, bringing up the Sharp report. It's not on this Sharp report, so it's probably – so what happened was if I go back a couple of days ago on the Sharp report, I bet you it was on there and uh, when I saw it. But, yeah, they, you know, taking Cleveland on the under um, – I, I think they hit Cleveland on the under. Yes, they did. So earlier in the week, this little, I'll give you some insight into the Sharp report that Anthony uh, updates for us inside the Sharp app. It, it's probably my my favorite. I uh, love the Sharp the, report. Uh, yeah. I, see, I like the, the John Statsational power ranking tool, but your favorite tool is the Sharp report. Well, I love everything that's not mine because I have my stuff, right? So it's my stuff. But like the, be the most benefit I get out of the Sharp app is the stuff that's not my stuff. And I think the Sharp report, is the best aspect um, of, of the entire uh, of the app that and the, the top prop stuff, the prop optimizer stuff. But um, so, yeah, as I, I, I'm going back on the sharp report, Anthony updates this like three times a day. So just going back to yesterday at 4:30, the last update of the day, Cleveland was on the report as an under. OK, so basically this was being bet at 41 and a half earlier in the week down on the under. Now, what happens is so Anthony's got access to this book. The sharpest plays, if they're on the same side of a game, he posts it on that sharp report. They're not on the sharp report anymore, which is implying and basically telling you that now some sharps have come in and hit the over because it's gotten too low. 37 doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean much other than the fact that these could be the same sharps that took it under 41 and a half. And now they're trying to catch a middle, but um, they liked it. So basically if this ever, got, it will never get back up to 41 and a half, but um it doesn't necessarily mean that the over, you know, like they're going to, they're expecting 50 points to be scored here. It's just gotten down to a value um, that's worthy of taking this one over. And, and I understand that totally. I don't know if I could take the under of 37 on a game like this. I think, um, well, you don't like, I, I'm forgetting now which way you like, like you don't like taking low total games or high total. I forget which way you go. I, I never will. T uh, I, I mean, with totals, I'm not a big totals guy. I would, I would be, I would be favoring the over. Right in this particular matchup at 37, but primarily because um, San Francisco has scored four touchdowns like every game that Brock Purdy has ever played. So in in order for this under to hit, but I think it can. I think San Francisco can shut out Cleveland here. I think Cleveland, the 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 Browns are not a team to perform well against a quality defense. That is, certain teams can't. You know, like how the Giants, how the how Dallas can't play when they play a good defensive team. Giants just can't. There are certain teams that just fall apart. 
Cleveland is one of those teams. They're going to have a tough time against a quality defensive opponent. And so I, I just don't think Cleveland's going to do a lot of scoring here. But I would definitely lean the over because I, no matter how good Cleveland's defense actually is, San Francisco is a different kind of beast, and they just are able to score at will. Uh, again, I don't recall a game under under Brock Purdy where they didn't score at least three or four touchdowns, and that is a spectacular record and number. It might be four. They might not have gone under 30 points, although I don't want to say that without 100% verifying it, but it's something like that, John. I don't think the, the 49ers have been below 25 or six po- 26 points in the Purdy era, and that goes back to last year. So, um, you know, I don't think Cleveland that good. Stone. Yeah, I, I still think it's a lot of points. I think this line, you know, the line was like five and a half yesterday. So I still think Deshaun Watson's not going to play. I think that's what bumped it up here. I think they're anticipating he is going to be out. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of, to be honest I'll with you, I do. I, I like Cleveland in the game because I think San Francisco coming off, I know it's totally against what you're saying, but I think San Francisco coming off that win, Cleveland coming off a of buying, and San Francisco coming off like this monster win. I think they come out a little flat. I, I Obviously, they'll probably win this game, but, Man, if I could get seven and a half here, which um, I'm seeing as a possibility, it's like six and a half. It's pretty much seven everywhere. I think you can still get six and a half if you like the favorite uh, with FanDuel. If you're willing to pay a little bit more juice, you can get the seven and a half. But at seven, seven and a half, I think I'm going to actually pull the trigger on Cleveland. I'm going to go the opposite of you here, John. I like I like San Francisco. I don't even mind them minus six and a half. I'm not going to go more than seven. I don't mind it minus six and a half, but I'd rather just include it in my teasers, I don't see San Francisco losing to the Browns. So I'm just going to tease this one down to a half a point or or under three. I actually won't even tease it. I'll just alt, alt line it really to two and a half just to make sure, just to be more comfortable. But I'll have that parlayed up in, in a couple other spots. I did not. I hit three out of four on my sleazy teaser last week. And it was, I, I think it was my first miss of the season. And we've been, we've been doing plus 250 plus I did plus two four plus 450 teasers already two of the weeks I had a plus 250 that hit and last week was the first miss I didn't feel good about it I never felt good about it I felt a little pressured to put that one in I didn't love it and so I'm excusing that one as not one that I was in love with but um I think I'll be teasing this one down or I'll, I'll just take San Francisco straight I think that Cleveland will have a hard time scoring but you know I don't want to go against the great one but every once in a while I I think you're more locked into the correct I, I way listen, i like to do my square way i don't uh you know i i don't hit 75 percent of the time i'll take my 57 58 hit and uh hit rate and i'll be happy so i lose plenty of them so there's you know but there we go we just, over the long haul we, we're trying to win a little bit more than we lose that's for sure it is the right way to go um all right next up we've got the owen five panthers taking on the Miami Dolphins, four and one. The Dolphins are at home, 13 and a half point favorites. The game total is 48 and a half, but obviously most of that is poured on the Miami side. I forgot to mention on the previous game, DFS angles, that there are none, by the way. Just to be clear, I will not play anybody from, from the 49ers-Browns game other than maybe 49er defense. So I, I didn't have DFS angles for that one, I, just in case we get a comment like, hey, you forgot. No, no, I didn't forget. It's it's nothing. But this one, so on the Panthers side, John, you know, Adam Thielen's been doing it and doing it and doing it well for 
like the majority of the season, his salary keeps going up. He's up to 6K. I'm, I'm just not on it. Now, people saying, well, why aren't you on it? For the same reason I'm not on Garrett Wilson when, when Zach Wilson is the quarterback for the Jets. I don't think that Bryce Young is a good enough quarterback to support a 6K wide receiver most weeks. It's been happening with Thielen. I'm, I'm, I'm eating my, I'm taking my lumps because I haven't been on the Thielen bandwagon. I'm taking the lumps, but I'm not jumping on the bandwagon now. It, the train has sailed. I missed it and I accept it. I will move on from that one. Um, on the Dolphins side, you have to make a decision. This first of all, they're, you know, with Devon HN out, you have Raheem Mostert lock button, especially on DraftKings where Raheem is in the, in the 6,500 range. Um, I can even see Salvin Ahmed coming into play late in this game in a blowout situation. Probably is not going to do it. Is Wilson going to get any snaps here? I, I do not think he will play this week. He's he's in the window to return, but he is not practiced. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's got a couple more weeks or at least another week or so. So it's just Salvin Ahmed is the backup. I could see a scenario, John, where Raheem most hurt as he was referred up until this year, most hurt because he's never made it through a season uninjured. And as a matter of fact, he really is an injury machine. But I see a crazy scenario where most hurt gets hurt. Salvin Ahmed comes in and wins the Millie Maker at 0.05% ownership. I mean, certainly could happen. You can have the right game script for it here. Imagine I said it on this show and then it happened. Yeah, but unless you actually play it. I'm not saying I'm going to play it, but I'm yeah. saying I said it on the show. So at the very least, we'll come back here next week, we'll have a good clip, clip that segment, and be like, right? I can't promise uh, anything. The, the big question in this game really is, you know, it's once again Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's so good, he doesn't need a competitive game. Puts up 35 last week in a, in a beating. Can you go? I, I mean, you can go, and you sh probably should go back to Tyreek Hill, um, but he is so expensive on DraftKings and FanDuel 35. Uh, 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 he, he has 90 over 9k, which means 930. He needs to score about 35 36 just to keep you on pace for 200. You don't have to play him, no, you don't have to for sure. He's been doing it though. In a he had a blowout, they had a big spread last week and he got there. Yep. Um, but Waddle is an interesting case, right? So he did get you know, Waddle got targets last, just didn't score, and he hasn't gotten in the end zone. You know, so it's been slow. Like, you have to imagine he busts out one of these weeks. And, you know, there's no reason why this wouldn't be the week. So at least if you if you wanted a piece of this game, you can get a little little cost savings and and maybe go the Waddle route and, and hope it's it's his week to, to one, throw up 30. One problem with Waddle has been, and, and I, I think he's... So there are a bunch of players on DraftKings in particular that I consider to be just perennially overpriced like they're not priced correctly to their mean outcome and waddle is just one of those guys t higgins is another one that i always talk about he'll have a pop-off game but he rarely just makes cash value like if he's not popping off he's burning you i wish waddle was 6500 instead of 7500 at 6500 i can live with the 12 13 when when you know bad game or the 10 or the 12 7500 that just destroys you so you just yeah, I like him. GPP only. GPP only. Very much like an you, only you tournament. Cut, you, you guy cuts coupons also? I, You know I do. Yeah. See, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know if I cut the coupon. Now it's digital. Come on. Get yeah, it's the program, digital. bro. Yeah. Nowadays, you just plug it into your thing. And you go in the supermarket, 
digital coupon. It's already loaded on the card. I'm I know. flipping them. I'm not good at it. That's why, you know, that's why you got to win at gambling because you're I not know. saving money at the supermarket. I know. I'm not you one know, of those people who like, you ever see those shows where they, they spend like a thousand dollars on groceries and they get $40 back. Yeah. No, you, you don't, you know, I get the circular. It's like, a, it's like my favorite day of the week. I'm like, Oh, the circular's here. What are we eating next week? Oh, filet mignons on sale. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like I'm in love that circular. Some Tropicana little, little two for five action. Okay. Yeah, I got off the fruit juices. No more. I used to drink a ton of orange juice. I don't do it anymore. I I I literally drink seltzer almost almost exclusively. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love a good. I love seltzer. Yeah, I just I'm seltzer. I used to drink. Problem when I keep when I keep seltzer in the house is then I I feel the urge to make myself an egg cream, and I don't want to do that. I, so. I always have. It's I, it's too much. I don't. Egg cream is such a Brooklyn thing. Like you just revealed yourself, bro. Yes. If if yeah, I just doxed you. Like the only people who know what an egg cream is are people from Brooklyn. So I got a quick. So I went. There's a local, you know, like a local little ice cream shop over here. So I pop in for first time ever. I'm looking at the board, like a ton of stuff on the board, and boom, right in the middle, egg creams. I go, this is unbelievable. The guy's got to be from like the guy owns it or, or girl owns it. Like they got to be from Brooklyn. Definitely from right? Brooklyn. So there's like a 16 year old girl behind the counter. So I'm like, you know what? Let me get a vanilla egg cream. And she looks at me like I got three heads and I go. No one's ever ordered it. Right. And she goes, she's looking at me. She's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, it's on your menu. You know? So she yeah. goes, she goes, well, I never heard it. She's like, I've only been here two weeks. I never heard of it. So there was another kid working there. He's like, and I've been here three he, years he and works, I've never heard of it. Wait. He looks and goes, I don't know. I go, well, today's your lucky day. I'm going to teach you how to make one. Right. So I, so I go, listen, it's only a couple of ingredients. I'm explaining it to her. And I go, you need club soda. And she's like looking in the fridge. I see her opening up the fridge and there's got to be 500 cans of club soda. She goes, we don't have any. I go, that's it right there. Or I think I probably said seltzer and the can said club soda. Oh my she didn't know She didn't know what it was. I'm like, you have it right there. She was getting all confused. And then eventually I was like, all right, you know, I just give me a milkshake. So it never happened. You can't, like, you can't ask for a, you, make an you can't ask for an egg cream in Florida. That is the most, it was, on the, it was on the menu. It's such a Brooklyn thing. I can't even believe you would order a thing like that. It it's not that good. Menu. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me just show one thing on the, on the power ranking sheet about this game. That's interesting. So again, Miami projecting for 203 rushing yards. And the, so uh, the only running back who's healthy is Raheem Mostert. Again, I mentioned my Salvin Ahmed thing, but the numbers do agree here that you want to get down with that Miami rushing offense. And again, if you want to try to win the Millie maker and get crazy on a sub 1% owned play, that's where, that's where the solvent med uh, uh, use case comes in. It could happen. It's probably not going to happen, but if it did, maybe you win a Millie. Um, all right. Let's keep it going, John. Um, wait, wait. Did we talk about bets? Yeah. So well, this game is minus 13 and a half. Yeah, 13 and a half. I mean, I'm just looking. I'm like, it actually looks too low. You know, and the scary thing is my models love Carolina, which they have like every week. So I, I've got a team like that every year that never wins, but they, they'll they continually trigger. Uh, it looks like Carolina is going to be that team for me this year. I don't know if I'm going to take it. But 13 and a half, it's like Miami looks like, I mean, certainly offensively, they're, they're the best team in the league. And, you know, Carolina, you just, I don't know, it doesn't make any sense. You, you would feel like this line, I mean, it's tough to say 13 and a half looks like a low line, but 
but you would think at home this line would be even higher than it is. So um, I'm a little skeptical there. I mean, it, it was 10 and a half. The look ahead line's gone all the way up to the 13 and a half. But I mean, nobody's betting Carolina. I mean, all the money's coming in on Miami. So we're going to see. I mean, you know, the money's coming in on Miami. If this doesn't go higher, that, that'll that give me a little bit more confidence to take Carolina. But as of right now, I'm taking Carolina or nothing. Um, but I'm going to see, like, if this line continues at 13 and a half, that's actually going to give me more confidence that Carolina is the bet because you know all the money's coming in on on uh, Miami. Yeah. Uh, this one for me, I, I, I'm not going to pull the trigger on Carolina. If, if you like Miami, I think you do one of those, you know, yeah, Gargano, gonna, uh, yeah. type of bets and go ahead and take them at like some ridiculous – Take them at like minus 24, minus 28 and roll with it and be like, you know, I'd rather do that than, than lay the 13 and a half. I'd rather just get plus money and say, all right, maybe they win this game by 40. Go pizza. I, I also think this is a great, I mean, it's a comfortable game to add to your teaser as well. So I do think Miami wins this game in the end. I, I don't see um, the Panthers having the firepower to come out with a W at the end of the game. Could they keep it close? Could they be ahead? Miami have to win at the end. Something crazy like that could go down, but this is a pretty comfy one to throw in in a in a teaser as well but but yeah i'm not taking the panthers it looked a little better last week but not not good enough um all right john next up we got the colts at the jaguars jaguars four point home favorites in this one 45 and a half point total colts led by godner Minshew for this one um at the running back position you know, Moss last week, still getting all the carries. Jonathan Taylor worked in real slow, just, you know, under 10 snaps for Jonathan Taylor. So it was the it was the Moss show. Meanwhile, the Jaguars coming back from London, two weeks in London. They won their games, looked uh, okay in winning. Uh, Travis uh, Etienne really, really stood out in those games. Um, quick glance at your power ranking sheet here uh regarding this game and i mean it looks like lots of offense uh, i like this 127 yard number for the rushing attack for jacksonville makes sense to play some etn here lots of potential passing yards there 278 242 for the colts colts are getting a number based on you know richardson mostly and and you know they'll have a more uh maybe i don't i don't i don't know what changes with Minshew to be honest maybe a slightly more accurate quarterback i, I don't know really what changes, but certainly a guy that's going to throw more frequently and not run the football all that much. There are some serious DFS spots here that I love. Um, the last time Godner Minshew played for the Colts, Josh Downs, the WR2, got 11 targets in that game. I think it was eight receptions. Josh Downs is sub 4K on DraftKings and to me, one of the better pay down options on on the slate and on the week um i don't i i kind of don't mind godner Minshew a little bit and maybe etn and maybe uh those pass catchers for the jaguars so a couple spots that that stand out nothing screaming except for the josh downs play which i think is an incredible value and of course michael pittman everybody's in play and play them all what do you say john well uh betting wise you know the public is on the the Colts in this game pretty hard, which I don't know. I'm a little surprised at, especially with Jacksonville coming off the that big win that they had last week. But I mean, maybe maybe they're discounting it because Buffalo had the the travel. Buffalo traveled on Friday, which I didn't get. Like I would have went early in the week, but Buffalo traveled on Friday. 
and maybe the whole narrative of Jacksonville coming back. I mean, you've traveled abroad. I've traveled to London many times. It's like, I would assume they came back early Monday morning. Like by the time, by the time the weekend rolls around, you're fine. Like it takes you a couple of days to snap out. Yeah. I don't, I don't see, I don't see uh, necessarily, I, I don't, I don't see jet lag like being an no. issue, but I think people are, people are buying into that. But I mean, this game went from six down to four, four and a half. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, I'm leaning towards the, the Jacksonville side of this game. I, I just think it's a better team. I, I think they've started off slow. They played kind of a, a tough schedule. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. If you, I mean, if you look at the the, if you look at the power rankings, it also tells you what their schedule. They've had the toughest schedule in the league. I'm trying to think. You know, they played Buffalo. Uh, who else has been on there? They played some pretty good teams so far. Uh, I cannot remember who Jacksonville has played. I'm trying to. You know, they played. Well, they opened against Houston, right? That was a loss. But Houston's now looked a lot better than the loss uh, looks less bad. But I mean, that was a rookie. You know, in his first start, I still think yeah. They started tough. they started real slow, but they seem to be playing much better now. Um, so we'll see, we'll see this game. I, I just think, I, I think this is the better team. Um, I'll take the Jacksonville side of the game here at home. I think Jacksonville, Jacksonville was, was my pick to win this division. I think they win this game to get themselves back in, uh, in a solid, solid footing to win that division. I still think they're the best team there. I'll take my chances with Lawrence. I like Minshew, but you know, they've got the better quarterback. I think they've got the better overall roster. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the four points there. The total, I think the total is right where it should be. But I do think this is a pretty good game for DFS purposes. It's, one of, it's probably one of the three best games, I think, on the, on the board here for DFS. We could see some, some fireworks in this game. I, I feel like we've been waiting for the good version of Trevor Lawrence all season. I, I don't even think with the two wins in, Jackson, in, in London that we've actually seen Trevor Lawrence at his best. So I, I do think that's coming still. I came into the season in love with Lawrence as a quarterback and, and this Jacksonville team, just like you, I, I feel like the same. And, you know, the first couple of weeks really kind of pulled me out of that. And now that they're back from Jackson, I kind of want to see it now, you know, okay. You won in London against, you know, teams that were at a disadvantage. They were flying out. They're not used to it. You know, the greasy food in London, that messes with your stomach, John. Not everybody can handle that. Start eating, you know, greasy fish and chips. You, it's oily. Not everybody's got a stomach like me. Well, the car, you know, the curry could could get to your stomach too. No, you start eating the curry. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. And when you go to London, the food's different though, and and that is a thing for players. Like they don't have their normal nutrition. They don't have their normal stuff. So I think teams are at a disadvantage heading out to London as opposed to Jacksonville, who goes all the time, and they were staying there. So I think they had a little. I want to see it. I want to see it at home. But I agree with you. I think there's a lot of potential goodness here. And again, min salary, Minshew. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take his pass catches a little bit. Uh, I, I like those. I like them all. I like I like this game. I, the one guy I don't know that I can pull the trigger on is Moss because at some point Taylor's going to start eating into those touches and and he just can't keep doing it. I, I just I'm not buying that. Again, that's another train that I missed that I don't think I want to get onto now. All right. Next up, we got the Saints at the Texans. This game carries a one and a half point spread with the Texans installed as home one and a half point underdogs, 42 and a half point total on this one. And um, let's start with the betting angles here, John. It's got a 42 and a half point game total. You know, it's a really close spread. Texans are at home. They've been winning. They've been playing well. You think they can do it against the Saints here? Pull this thing off, get this dub. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a low, low total. I'm looking, I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of lean a little bit towards um 
towards New Orleans, though, in this game. I, I again, I would take if you liked Houston. I, I like. I'm, I'm feel a little bit more comfortable teasing this one up. I'm gonna look on the the sharp report um, if we have anything on the on this game. But uh, Houston, nothing. Yeah, nothing on this game. This is a New Orleans. I, 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 you know, they're coming off the big win. I hate. I kind of hate getting on teams when they off of a big blowout win. Um, but I don't know. I kind of like the Saints. Uh, um, I like the Saints defense. I think the I think the Saints the Saints offense is where you have to worry about them. But I think defensively they've been pretty solid all season. I, I think they're going to give some some. Uh, they'll they'll give Stroud some problems. And I think that total kind of reflects it of 42. Just kind of see where the, the line has moved. It's kind of bounced around, opened up. Uh, it opened up right where it's right where it's at. It looks like it flipped to the Saints as a dog, but uh, now they're the favorite. And the line, the total's kind of gone up from 40 up to 42 and a half. So the co- total's crept up a little bit. But I mean, I don't have a I don't have a real strong opinion on the game. But um, you know, I, I just I think the best. I think the best side on the field is the is the Saint defense. I I like Houston at home. I I think these guys have been playing well, and um, I don't think they're going to be able to run the football very well, but they're just passing well, and and I'm just going to stick with Houston being better. New Orleans plays less good on the road generally. I mean that kept me a little bit off of them last week, and clearly wrong. But um, you know they they destroyed. The Patriots, but I think the Patriots have an, a problem on offense, and that's why that Saints defense looked so dominant. We'll find out here. Like we'll find out here. I'm not. I'm not betting this one, but if I had to, I'd probably lean the Houston side, just being at home and being an underdog, and and having just been pretty good this year. As far as um, the DFS angles go, I think the spot here is Nico Collins. It's a tough one because Tank Dell might not play. And actually, I'm thinking Marshawn Lattimore is out there and he'll probably see a lot of Nico Collins in coverage. So, you know, you got to be careful about that. But, um, you know, Schultz, uh, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Robert Woods. He's a little he's a little dust for me. And, and Schultz last week was a bit of a um, he got 11 targets last week. That was a bit of a circumstantial thing. I'm not sure that's going to hold up. So uh, I, I can't play Pierce at all. So it's really Nico Collins on that Houston side. And I guess for New Orleans, I'm not really super interested in that offense at all. You know, I get it. Chris Olave is good, but it's just not, it's not popping. Houston's been very good against the pass. You could see here on the, on the ranking sheet um, that uh, New Orleans is set to only projected to throw for 615. I don't like those numbers. It's not enough passing yards, Sean. They've they've just not looked that great offensively. Yeah, um, for sure. All right, let's move on. Um, next up, speaking of the aforementioned Patriots, the Patriots are heading out to Vegas to take on the Raiders. The Raiders are three point home favorites, forty one and a half point total. Uh, how do you see this one going down, John? Oh, you got to me quick. Hold on, I'm bringing I'm bringing it up. I. I I'll do my DFS angles while you look up your your, yeah, your, your betting angles if you like. I got no problem. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I uh, I'm ready for. I got a, you know I got a million uh, sheets up. If you want to bring up the uh, if you want to bring up the the power rankings, but yeah, New England. I mean, obviously, listen, they've looked terrible the last couple of weeks, but that kind of plays into one of the angles that I like. So two back to back blowout blowout losses. 
I'm coming back with New England here. I don't think there a lot it of is. will. But this went up from uh, one and a half up to uh, three and a half. You know, the money is actually on the handles. The money's coming in. Uh, a little bit more money coming in on the New England side. And just checking out the Sharp Report if we have any info there. Nothing really to report um, on the Sharp Report as of now. But I, I like New England. I think I, I just like taking teams that have looked really – I love teams that are coming off of two just atrocious type of uh, type of starts that they've had. And I think you just get value. And like I said, this line moved. You know, this was going to be a plus one and a half line at the open. And now you're getting it at three. So I think getting up to that three is key. I like New England in the game. Should be a low scoring game. Um, you know, the New England defense hasn't played as bad as those scores implied. If you kind of look at the stats in those games, it's just been the offense that is just giving. Uh, They're you know, giving up the ball in horrible position. position. Ball. The yeah. defense is still solid here and i mean if you watch the vegas game on monday night i don't think you're all overly impressed with how that team's looked matter nope. of fact that offensive line looked really bad so this is the reason jacobs is struggling now jacobs had a good points night but if you watch the game he didn't have a good football night um and it wasn't his fault it's he was being hit in the backfield often now he was able to pop a few he got in the end zone you know catch a couple of balls so he wound up getting his points for dfs but i think from a football standpoint they're going to struggle scoring points here against New England. I, I'm going to take New England post the points. Yeah. Listen, I, I don't blame you there. I don't know what's going on with New England. Offensively, why they have completely fallen apart. There's no like clear reasoning to me why this is happening. I, I think Mac Jones is, is actually getting worse. I don't understand why that's happening, but um, New England can run the football generally and play defense and that would be a really good way for them to try to win this game um you can see here uh patriots defense is elite versus opposing running backs on the season you know it's not a josh jacobs spot at all um just not not a spot where you want to load up on that uh they're projecting for only 38 total rushing yards which is horrific well a lot of that is just look at the yardage for the Vegas for vegas i mean if you scroll up it's just they have not been good um, yeah and 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 the 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 uh, Patriots, again, get a little bit of an extra bump because of that Miami game. But but in general, they're good against the run, the Patriots. And they've been stopping the run really nicely. I didn't see a... I mean, there's the Jacoby Myers revenge narrative. I'm interested in that. I know it's stupid. Well, he's getting a lot of looks. I mean, so yeah. you, can't, you can't deny... You know, he. it seemed like he was the number one guy over Adams. Um, they bracketed Adams in that game. And, and so Myers got the passes and, and new England is likely to do that as well. They like to take out your best guy. So Jacoby Myers by default should be the play of this game. If I could figure out which new England pass catcher was viable, I would certainly, you know, Kendrick Bourne, but I'm not doing that. So I'm just not going to mess with that situation. Well, no, the other problem you have with the running back situation is I think Zeke is, is really at a, at the point where he's, he might be splitting 50, 50 with it is. You can't trust Ramondre. Ramondre is only for uh, what I call, you know, projection bros at this point. Like last week, uh, you know, I didn't have Ramondre even on my list and he's projecting so well. And I was like, wow, this I guy is play, where yeah. people are going for the chalk this week. I didn't play him on DraftKings at all. I X'd him out. So. That, but if you didn't X him out, he was in like 40% of your lineups. You had to, John never, listen, we talk in the off season. I know how you make lineups. And for you to X a player out, well, I've been Xing more guys out. I've been getting a little bit more narrow. And uh, so I'm like, you know, I'm just not going to play these guys that I don't like in these bad spots and, and and try to mix it up. So 
he was that was an X out situation just because you know we just talked about how good the New Orleans defense has been. So just wasn't a good spot. And I think yeah, he's getting worse. Uh, I did play him on FanDuel, so I'll I'll admit to that, but not on DraftKings. Uh, at least that that was a good call on the X out. And yeah, I mean, and he was projecting last week for like at early in the week, it was like 18%. I was like, what? I, this guy didn't even hit my radar. I can't, who's playing him? You know, there's a few weird spots last week where I just couldn't understand why these, like the guy was projecting higher than Brees Hall. I had Brees Hall as a core play, core play on my sheet, core play everywhere. And I was like, when is the uh, Vermontre? Yeah, I think we're going to start seeing more and more Zeke. I mean, they're yeah. actually on, um, I think it's on pro uh, pro football focus has them like whatever, you know, ratings system that they, they basically have them as the same running back right now. So, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, Zeke is catching passes too, which is crazy. So it's not like Zeke is LeGarrette blunting it out there, just pounding up the middle. They're throwing to him. So yeah, I, I actually prefer, I think Zeke is a better play in that game than, um, than the Dre. All right. Next up, we got the Cardinals heading out to, L.A. to take on the Rams. Cardinals, ooh, okay, seven-point road underdogs with a 48.5-point game total installed here. Cardinals last week came back down to earth. That offense, you know, Josh Dobbs, I finally played him in DFS, and, of course, you know, it was kind of a disaster. Now they're on the road in a hostile environment at the Rams. How do you see this one going down, John? Yeah, I think the Rams are scared. I think the Rams are just a better team than people think. Um, I, I like the Rams in the game. This is a good total. I, I think this is a good DFS game too. Pretty decent total here, 48, 48 and a half. Um, we got to see Cup with Puka last week. I think that's only going to get better. Uh, it didn't look like Cup missed much of a beat. He at was all. right back to he was right back to vintage Cooper Cup. It was you know he dominated the early part of the game. It seemed like Puka came on a little bit later. Um, the only thing Cup didn't do was get in the end zone. So that's where he, he was lagging. I think he wound up with like 22 points, but now he's being priced. He's being priced like Cooper Cup. And the other problem is, you know, Puka's being priced, not, not all that much lower. So, uh, from a DFS standpoint, like I'd love to, you want to have some of this game and, um, it's going to be, it's going to be tricky to, to get the pieces. Although Stafford's actually at a decent price, I think. Um, and then you, and you could get Dobbs, but you know, what yeah. is he like the 100? I'm going off the top of my head on set. Yeah. But you could go that way. See, here's the thing. The problem the is point on, I like, I like the pass catchers for Arizona in this game at a cheap price. And I, the guy I really like is, is, uh, Rondell Moore. So you don't have Connor in, if you saw last week, like they're handing the ball off to Rondell Moore, he's going to get like three to five carries in the game, as well as some targets. They're going to use him in a, in a very creative way. At $3,500 in a game that projects to be high scoring, I think if you're going to be on Cooper or Puka, um, coming back with Rondell Moore, I think makes sense. Um, and I think obviously a lot of people are going to be on uh, on the running back whose name is now eluding me. Tyron Williams, before. great play. Oh, or, uh, well, no, 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 no. Oh, the other dude? In, I, I can't say that name. The, it, it yeah, I, I'm getting his name now, but um, but yeah, like I until he got in the game last week, I didn't know who the hell he was, and then I forgot to uh, pick him up on all my leagues this week. So everyone, else I, I did. think you did. I, yeah, I, I'm, I wasn't going to go crazy anyway. He's going to be a part time type of pickup, um, and I didn't really need running backs, but but I knew he was going to be he was going to be a a guy everybody was looking for this week. But yeah, I'm fine with him because his price is decent. I think he was. I'm going off memory. I think he was like 4,500 when I looked at it, but. But um, but I really I really think the the wide receivers are your best options here for Arizona 
in DFS. But I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I, I think the Rams are going to put some points up. We haven't seen – this Ram team is better. I, I thought this was a pretty good team without, before Cooper Cup. They're only better now. Um, you've got two guys in there. I mean, Puka still did damage last week. you got two guys who get open. And, I mean, obviously we know how good Cup is. This is going to be uh, a formidable offense. So I think they're going to put – against Arizona, who hasn't stopped any quarterbacks this year. I mean, Daniel Jones, you saw how bad he was. Was the nuts the week he played them? I mean, I think Stafford puts up a ton of points here this week. Um, Power Rankings has the Rams passing for 299 yards. Listen, Stafford hasn't done it yet. He has not had a 20-plus point game on the season so far. Is this going to be the time? I, I just keep going back to this. Not last year, but the year before, healthy Stafford had multiple you know, high 20, low 30 type games on the super, uh, you know, on the Super Bowl run year, a couple of years ago. And so Stafford can do it in this offense and he could put up a, a winning score, but he hasn't done it yet. He's a little expensive still, but the only negative I have, John, and, and this is very much like in your stack sheet that I've seen in the past, like something that would come up, which is it's not so much the cost of Stafford. It's that Puka and cup are so expensive that creating a stack around two of them or like Stafford with two of them is virtually impossible. And there's almost no way it's going to pay off. So th that's part of my concern. I don't think you can have two wide receivers, eight K and higher as, and cup nine K on DraftKings and still actually get there. So that's my biggest issue. I think they're going to do well, but I don't know that like, the salary is going to be acceptable in the end of the day. Uh, it's it's going to be hard to play both of them. You're going to have to take one. And like I said, you can get cheap on the comeback. Um, I mean, when you look at the 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 Stafford Cup, I mean, it's it's up there. Um, you know, it's not it's not Tua Tariq. It's you know, it's not it's it, not it's Hurts not, and Brown. Yeah, it kind of is Mahomes. Um, uh, yeah, not Mahomes. Uh, it kind of is Burrow Chase. Well, Burrow Chase is a little cheaper, you know, and then and then you could get down to like you know if you want a really cheap stat like Fields Moore is a really good you yeah, know stack. That's what I'm saying. Like but you're in the Hertz Devontae Smith neighborhood. Uh, Stafford Cup is like a hundred a hundred bucks cheaper than that. Um, Waddle and Tua is basically the same price, a hundred bucks more expensive. So that's like the that's the the ballpark that you're in. Um, I don't like it. You're paying too much. Yeah. I don't like yeah, it. Those are the, Here's I mean, why I don't like it. it. Like that, like those are better quarterbacks. And so I, I, I do like, I do think maybe those other stacks are better. Let's put um, it like this, John. If Stafford gets you 30, it's a fucking miracle. Like you hit the one week where that happened and it was a miracle. If Tua gets you 30 or more so if Hertz gets me 30, I go, all right, that's what I was hoping. That's what I was expecting. And anything less, I'd be shocked and upset. So it's it's like the upside of Stafford, the very, very peak ceiling is exactly just what I'm expecting from uh, a Hertz or even a Burrow. Burrow, if he's under 25, I'm like, oh, man, you fucked up. But if Stafford gets me 25, I said, hey, I, good job, Matt Stafford. This is your best game of the year. So for that reason, primarily, I will have a hard time actually using that. I understand the theory of why it seems to be good. But then in actuality, like when I'm forced to click the buttons, it's just not going to feel very good at all. Uh, maybe, I guess, a stack with one. Like, he's just like, all right, Cooper Cup. And then you're going to watch the game. And he's 
if it all goes to Cup, it's great. But if Puka's in there sucking up half of those targets, Cup's uh, superpower was that he was getting 15 targets in those games that he was putting up the 35s and uh, th those kind of numbers, and he was doing it consistent. If you if you even just trim that down to 12, I think the superpower is diminished. It's a little kryptonite. Puk Pukryptonite. Pukryptonite. Yeah, it seems like it's just those two, though. I'll tell you that. Like, two, yeah, two that is the nice part. Yeah, that is the nice you know, part. You're just going to get Atwell for a bomb here or there. But other than that, like, they're getting all the targets. I mean, Higby's not a thing. Like, the, you know, that's that's the good part. So if you're using them as a piece, um, I mean, who knows? Maybe Dob maybe maybe the Millie is, is Dobbs with with uh, two of them coming back. Something like that could work. And I, I think I like the, the concept in your mind of – Fuck it. Dobbs just burned everybody last week, but he's been more games of 20 plus than under 20 on the year. And at that price, you only need 20 for 4X. So maybe go back to Dobbs in a weird road spot that doesn't make any kind of sense on paper, but who cares? YOLO. I didn't, I didn't get the Dobbs thing last week. Well, he had put up numbers against yeah, uh, I know, but I don't know. and Dallas, and now he was getting the worst defense he's faced all year. It just seemed like, hey, why not? He's 5K. He should be able to get another 20-pointer. He was at 12 within the first quarter. Yeah, no, he was doing I, a lot of people. I just didn't, you know, I was. I was on it. So I, that was me. No second guessing. I mean, not that I didn't like, I played it, but when I you said a lot of people. It's just because you watched, you watched a bunch of my breakdowns and it sounded like it was a lot of people, but it was just Kevin. Oh, it was probably just you. Watch, it was yeah, just well, me. Sometimes I fall asleep with YouTube on and then I wake up to you. So maybe that's what was in my head. It was just me. It was just me. I t I'm taking the hit. I will take all the hate. I got the emails. I got the hate DMs on Twitter. Why'd you tell me to play Dobbs? And, you know, F you, you suck. And I was like, you know what? That is how it got, goes. And all I say to the haters is I played him too. So at least we, 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 our misery, we were miserable together. And, and that's love really, isn't it? Isn't that what love is? It loves love company. That is love. Um, okay, so anyway, where were we? Um, I yeah, I, I love your call on Rondell Moore. I'm down for Marquise Brown as well, the Marquis de Brown. I'm fine with that. I like that spot. Yeah, uh, I just love getting down there cheap at like 3,500. And it's like no, I like the thought process of Rondell getting a couple runs. So that that is very appealing. I will be on that as well. And Rams defense. You're gonna see he's gonna get the ball like inside the they're gonna give him the, like an end around inside the 10. If he could you know bust it for a touchdown. What thirty five hundred? You could be looking at a, a nice 20, 20 point day, and then you put that with like either Puka or Cup or, or God forbid, yeah, both. That could work. Do it. I don't, I don't even think it needs to be part of the game stack though. You could, that's a standalone playable. Yeah. There oh, aren't that many standalone yeah. play. But if you want to get that game stack, it's. I'm just saying it's doable, even though they're expensive on the Ram side because you yeah. got some cheap options on the on the Arizona. That's fair. Um, Eagles at the Jets with the Eagles and so, oh, I like this game. This is another one, John. We're gonna. I'm just gonna tease it. I'm gonna lock it. There's so many winners on the slate. My sleazy teaser is gonna be going nuts. Make sure you signed up at Sharp App, guys. I am gonna be giving out the teaser of the year, and I'm pretty confident I'll be able to get up to plus four fifty on this one with only spots that I'm super confident in. This one's gonna be on it. But you got the Eagles at the Jets. Eagles installed a seven point road favorites, forty one point game total here. The Eagles. I'm a Jets fan. So I'm just going to tell you this. The Eagles are going to route the Jets here. Unless they come in. And, and the, the other negative for the Jets is they're coming off a win. 
the Eagles aren't going to be like, oh, these guys suck. The Jets have won a couple games already this year. They're two and three. You don't you don't look on paper like a complete turd team. Eagles are not going to be like set up for a letdown game. I don't see how the Eagles don't come in and defensively put a beating on this Jets team, offensively destroy them. It is a bad scene for Los Hetos de Nueva York. Telling you. As far as DFS, so I'm just going to tease this one under under three just to make sure it's a W, but I would be laying the seven as well. Yeah, I I don't love the game. I mean, yes, Philly should win this game. I'll tell you this. I only watched the last couple of weeks of Jets offensive. Um, I, I watched the all 22 on the Jets because I wanted to see what Wilson, I wanted to see him against Kansas City because I knew he, he had some bright spots in that. He did game. play well. I to see uh, what it was. Let me tell you something. It's, it's really, I wouldn't even put the bulk of the blame on Wilson after I watched the game. That Kansas City game, they, it's either he had, Either he had guys in his face real quick, the offensive line broke down, or there was no, they, he never had anyone open in that game. When he made those throws late where he hit the back shoulder a couple of times, he had the one, that was actually the one, the first, like, I, I forget who he threw it to down the sideline for like 20 yards on the back shoulder. And uh, the wide receiver made a really nice play. He actually, that was one of the few mistakes he made. He had someone wide open at the other side of the field that he missed. But I'm watching that and I go, every play, the Jets, this is what they were doing. Like, Kansas City was basically, dropping back seven guys into coverage because four guys were beating the offensive line, which is always tough on the quarterback. So he had seven guys, and the Jets would run like two or three guys into a pass pattern. Like, how are you ever going to have anyone open in that scenario? So the Jets were never – they never had anyone open, and there was no creativity in the play calling. You know, Hackett could go – you know, he could, he could have his celebration that he beat Denver, which is a terrible team. But let me tell you something. I watched the Denver – I watched I went and watched the Denver also. It is atrocious – play calling so uh, you know i'm i was down on wilson and all that i'm like maybe it's not all him and i don't know how much aaron Rodgers was gonna help this i mean it would have been better but this offensive line is fucking terrible so i don't know uh so yeah i do like philly in the game but with all that said they were right there with kansas city and i think the kansas city defense is probably better than philly's defense. no 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 hold up hold up this is you're right you cannot that was kansas city's um, karma, karma letdown game that had nothing to do with the Jets. That was the, the, the Kansas City came in and the football god said, This is you're gonna lose this week. Taylor Swift, you're out partying with Hugh Jackman the night before the game. You know, Blake Lively's over here hanging out. There was a karmic reason why the gods of football needed the Jets to keep that game close. And should have won the game if the referees hadn't stepped in and prevented the win. But that was a karma win for the Jets. That was not a Jets team that could hang with Kansas. A good Kansas City team beats the Jets, beats this Jets team 30, 48 to nothing. That's what I'm saying. You can't look at that game and say, oh, the Jets hung with Kansas City. The Jets did not hang with Kansas City. T-Swizz was there. There was all kinds of other shit going on. Philly just hasn't been impressive either. I know they're five and zero, but they're just not impressive yet in the game. Maybe this is it, but this is the one. Uh, I feel it. Haven't dominated anybody. They're playing. I mean, they played Washington. They did play right down to the wire. You know, they played. Uh, they haven't like just gone out there and made a statement game yet. Maybe this is the game. We'll see. But this is the one. Um, I, I don't like this as a bet. Um, I think you're probably okay. Philly probably wins the game, but 
I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about it, but yeah, but, I mean, it's just, it's hard for the jets to win when you are allowing pressure with just a four man rush. If I said to you, I'm going to say a line to you and I would like you to respond to me in kind. If I said to you, I left my Philly at home. Do you have another? What would your response be to that? I don't know that line. <laughs> Guys in the comments, please. Just give me that answer in the comments. I'm not even going to answer it. I don't even know. I, I, I mean, obviously, I know what a Philly is, but I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that reference. I don't want to ruin it because I want is the comments. Uh, what's that? Is it a song? Yeah, it's a, it's a rap song from, from our time. I know it's not That's I'm a done. 91. You're in high school. James Madison High School. Broken Wolf. Oh. Mid, Midwood High School. Midwood. Oh, Midwood. There you are. But anyway, um, listen, take, take a look at the take a look at the uh, power ranking sheet here. Philly set for 199 rushing yards. D Swizz, a.k.a. the other Swift, is going to swiftly tear up this Jets defense this week. Um, DeAndre Swift has elevated himself to a 75% carry share in this Eagles offense. He is the prime running back. I love it. The Jets, for whatever reason, have not been able to stop the run this year. Pacheco tore them up. Um, every running back has really done damage. Jaleel McLaughlin, a.k.a. Urkel, has, uh, he, he, um, he tore them up as well. So give me some D-Swift. Uh, in this game on the Eagles side, Eagles defense, if you could pay up for them in DFS, that is a spot I want to take a shot on. You know, I, I think it's important to take shots on defenses that can get you 20, even if you have to pay up on occasion. Uh, you, you see it last week. Everybody who had a nuts lineup last week played the Saints. Now, you didn't have to pay up for them, but you've got to hit that 20. If, if there's a 20-point defense and you don't have them, you're not probably going to win a tournament. So I like the Eagles defense in this one. Jets are unplayable across the board. I'm not touching anything. 76-yard um, rushing projection, 186 passing yard projection. Even the Eagles passing, I don't think they're going to need to do it. They're too expensive. Uh, if I had to play one, it is most definitely Devonta Smith, not A.J. Brown in this game because A.J. will have sauce on him and there's no reason to throw. You don't want to throw out the sauce. So um, really, I, I like this game. I'm shocked that you're power ranking. I mean, it's right there. It says, you know, six points. So right with the actual spread but tease that eagle spread under two and a half you're good to go lock in that win and and deandre swift will be one of my favorite running backs that is off the beaten path no one plays swift john i don't know if you know this he never gets ownership Ramondre was getting ownership above swift last week like what are you doing what are people doing play swift i want you to agree with me uh, no, I don't disagree with you. I, I liked the Andre Swift last week. Why doesn't anybody play him? I don't know. He never has ownership. I left my Philly at home. Do you have another? I'm sure I know the song. I just don't know the lyric. I can't think of it. Smooth B. I don't know it. I'm going to let them answer it in the comments. I'm not going to say. I'll tell you after the show. Okay. I'll do it after the show. I don't know why it came to me just as you were talking about Philly. That's all that popped in my head. Um, Okay. Where are we? Uh, final game of the slate. The Lions at the Bucks. Four and one Lions, three and one Bucks. Lions are three point road favorites in this one with a 43 and a half point total installed. 
Um, this is a great game, John. So I, I, let's let's talk betting angles first. So get get your betting angles ready for him. Um, three points. Road favorite Lions, forty three and a half point total. Yeah, I mean the the public is the the public's all all. It, well, hold on. The handles have this where the public is on Detroit, but the money coming in on the Tampa side. So I think we see the same thing. If I bring up the uh, sharp side is Tampa here, isn't it? So yeah, Tampa looks like the sharp play. Um, and I don't have, I don't have a side that I love on here. I would probably lean the Tampa side. I'll take the points at home, uh, especially if I can get the three and a half, the line moved. I mean, the line went up from two and a half up to the three, three and a half. So it has moved in, in Detroit's, favor i want to see how this one plays out and see how the line moves during the week this is an interesting game um but yeah typically when we're getting less uh less tickets on a side but a lot more money and it's like 33 70 right now tickets to money on the tampa side that usually means that the sharper money is coming in on that side where the money is uh is coming in on the total's gone from 45 and a half down to 43 and a half again you look uh what you're going to want to see is if this line, if the line started to move in Tampa's favor as well, that's going to be a, that's going to be a big signal. So if this line starts coming down um, to sub three or anything like that, that'll be a huge signal that Tampa is very live in this game because the public likes Detroit. Um, I'm going to bring up the power ranking sheet here real quick. And, and um there, I think there are some telling things here. I think there are some things going on in this game that people just is not common knowledge. And I think this will bear that out. So when you take a look at Tampa, note that um, Tampa is allowing 20, uh, 24 fewer rushing yards per game than average. So they are a quality run defense. I'm um, getting torched a little bit by the pass, allowing 24 more passing yards per game than average. So you start to break that down. Maybe Montgomery. Again, it's priced up crazy high. Jameer Gibbs returns. Probably not the week to play Montgomery, or I'll probably get off the bandwagon that I've been riding. I had a core play on Montgomery last week, so we're going to shift off of that, I think, a little bit this week based on this defensive metric. You can throw against Tampa, though. But the one that I really want to point out is that Detroit is in, is a quite a quality defense here, uh, allowing 37 fewer rushing yards per game below average. Oh, I actually got that other thing wrong. And and allowing um just about league average, just slightly below average versus the pass because they're stopping the run so well. And I was actually wrong on Tampa. They are better both versus the run and the pass, allowing five fewer yards per game. So they're above average versus the path, uh, but the pass and and quite above average versus the run. So the first thing I'm I'm coming away with is two good defenses. Can't really run on Tampa. Can't really run on on uh Detroit. So already wipe out any kind of Rashad White thoughts. Here's the thing about Tampa. And I, this is the thing I don't really get about the line. I'm not sure if Mike Evans is playing this week. If he doesn't play, they lack the weaponry that you need to win an NFL game. It's just like a simple thing. I don't think you could do it with Godwin as your only real weapon. And I'm sorry, but Cade Otten at tight end is fine, but like he's not a weapon. And Trey Palmer is the backup. Well, I've never even heard of this guy. He's a rookie. So I don't know. I, I think Mike Evans is a really critical part of this game. He doesn't seem like he should be, but I think he is, John. If he's if he's out, 
I don't see how Tampa can keep up at all. I think it's just a defensive game. I don't mind either defense. I actually made my first lineups this week with Tampa because they're so cheap as my defense of the week because they're good. But I could see going with Detroit defense as well. I don't like the um, DFS angles here at all. I'm in Ross St. Brown, maybe. That might be the way I'd go. But for the most part, I don't like this game uh, from a DFS perspective at all. What do you think? I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, you know, historically, Goff on the road has has been uh, hasn't been great outside of Detroit. He's been better this year, but you know, historically, not great when he's out of the dome. Um, obviously, the weather will be really pretty good down here as it always is. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this Tampa defense. I think we've seen it for the most part. They're going to be tough to to score on, and then they're going to be tough to move the ball on. So I don't love from a DFS standpoint. I don't love the game. It's it's kind of you know, I, again, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued on maybe taking Tampa. I, I like your point about Evans. I do agree. They need Evans. Um, and if Evans is in there, I, I you know, I don't know if it's uh, DFS worthy. It's certainly not Millie worthy, but I think he'll have a good, um, he'll have a good performance. There's a little bit of chemistry there with. Uh, yeah, Evans he's been the better guy. He's been the better guy. He's definitely the better guy there. I, I, I don't talk a ton of FanDuel on this show, but I will say that Godwin is incredibly inexpensive on FanDuel this week. And if Evans is out, I think Godwin becomes like a pretty good FanDuel play. Um, and DraftKings playable as well, but particularly good on FanDuel where he's yeah. he's 6,300. That is like a, a, that is, you know, below Nico Collins and below a lot of people that he's priced above on in DraftKings, if that makes sense. So um, I like Godwin just a smidge. But um, John, that's going to do it for the game plan NFL Week six, remember, if you're not signed up at Sharp, you want access to all the tools, the Proptimizer, the Sharp Report, all the things that John, John's bets, my bets, if you like, um, all the pros, the Discord, um, the Proptimizer tool, the Top Props tool. You're crushing the Top Props um, as well. Again, it's just like you don't even talk about it. You should the be ba the Baseball prop. We hit yesterday three big, like, RBI props, which are always going to be big uh, plus money. Hit three of them. They were one at plus 260 and two at plus 170. They all hit. And they're based on the top prop tool. So it's like nothing. These, this is something that you could do yourself, right? So I'm just picking the best plays that I like out of the top prop tool. And if you want to just tail my plays, go ahead. But the tool is what led me to those plays. So I use that as a, a that is a key part of my own handicapping now. And uh, basically what you're doing is taking a lot of stuff that I used to do on my own with a pen and paper and an Excel spreadsheet. And now it's just right at your fingertips. So it saves me a bunch of time. So, yeah, I mean, when you look at, we don't have all the props yet for the NFL this week, but you've got most of the ones here for Thursday night. And there's probably like six or seven of the, uh, of the games for this weekend. But when you look at the NFL, I mean, these, again, you don't, you don't have to just blindly take them, but that's our projection right there on Mahomes for this game, like 223. If you don't look at like that, which, I mean, that seems a little light for me. Again, a screaming, a screaming under. Listen, but it does still, I, I don't, I don't necessarily hate the under um, of 272.5 in the game on a team that you're going to be able to pound the ball. I do like Pacheco in that game. You're going to be able to pound the ball on him. Um, <clears throat> while 223 is a little light. That's uh, what the number the says. Question. Believe those numbers, John. Just believe in it. Yeah, I mean, that would be like one of the lowest outputs Mahomes has ever had. But you know what? 223, there you go. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's any other numbers for tomorrow night that well, you could, just, you could just click tomorrow night's game. Just go to the games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go to yeah, NFL. Yeah. Go to NFL. I'm trying to help you out with uh, your own tool. There we go. Go to NFL. And yeah, then, there uh, we go. There Denver KC. 
And um, uh, let's see what else we got for tomorrow night. Yeah, Pacheco under rushing and receiving yards under 100. Okay. So rushing yards under three and a half. How about that? Wow. His prop, the 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 Pacheco prop for rushing yards tomorrow, 80 and a half. That's a t- that's going to be a tough number. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Obviously, obviously I mean, it's like ter- it's just a terror. I don't know if I want to take that under, but look at the Kadarius Tony three and a half catches. Like that's interesting. Oh yeah, I like the under there too. Uh, Kadarius Tony has been um, on the upswing a little bit in terms of his snap count, but um, to catch four passes, you know, they need to throw to him like ten times. Yeah, Fanduel's got it at two and a half, but you're getting it. Caesars, BetMGM, and DraftKings all have it at three and a half. Kind of like that under. Yeah, I don't mind that either. Yeah, and we're projecting for two and a half. So there, there you go. Um, anyway, that's the top props tool. Make sure to check that out. Promo code DFSA twenty is twenty percent off. That's a for uh, that brings that subscription down to thirty nine dollars. It is totally worth it, and you get all the bets if you bet it all, or you play fantasy football, or you play DFS. You want the Sharp App sub, and of course the sub to DFS Army as well. Optimizer uh, projections, ownerships, all that good stuff. The the chat get signed up at DFS Army promo code Geek. Gets you 10% off. That's going to do it for the game plan. NFL Week 6, we will see you guys at the top of the leaderboards.